Hi, everyone. Before we get started with the episode, I want to take a moment to address the United States Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade on June 24th. This decision, which stripped away the right to a safe and legal abortion, also stripped away a woman's right to choose what is best for themselves, anyone with a uterus, their right to have autonomy over their own body and to make the decisions that are best for themselves and their lives. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all people, which we have already seen with abortion bans and restrictions in countries like Poland and Malta. This decision has dire consequences, and it could have, in fact, I would say that it will have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions within the United States, including marriage equality. I encourage all of you, American or otherwise, to learn more about what you can do to help, whether you need access to safe reproductive medical health care, or you want to help provide it, you want to help with funds or anything else, other resources that you wanted to provide to people who need access to reproductive health care. Podcasters have come together to provide an excellent resource. You can visit podvoices.help for details. That's P-O-D-V-O-I-C-E-S dot help. As a woman, a mother, a mother of daughters, and a member of the LGBTQ community, I urge you to speak up. Please take care of yourself. Please help us spread the word. We must stand together now. We must be loud because we are either going to win this together or lose it together. Again, visit podvoices.help to learn more. Hi, everybody. Heather Vickery here, and thanks so much for tuning in to the Brave Files podcast. As you may or may not know, the Brave Files is taking a summer break. We will be off the months of July and August, and we are bringing you some of our most treasured favorite episodes from the past four and a half years. So we're replaying one of those past episodes today. I hope you enjoy it. Share it with everyone you know. And we will be back with brand new content in September. Have a great summer, everyone. Belief, magic, and adventure. You're listening to The Brave Files, where we share stories from people who've stepped out of fear and into bravery in every possible way. What we know for sure is that when we choose bravely on purpose, we choose bigger, we win bigger, and it's contagious. It's our hope that these stories connect with you and encourage you to embrace bravery in every possible way, day after day. Together, we can build a movement that enriches both our lives and our communities. The Brave Files is brought to you by Vickery & Co., a success and leadership coaching firm dedicated to helping you build a life and a business that you are absolutely in love with. Vickery & Co. offers group programs, membership communities, one-on-one coaching, VIP days, corporate trainings, workshops, keynote speaking, and so much more. Visit vickeryandco.com to get all the details. Hey, everybody. Happy Thursday. It's Heather Vickery, and welcome to The Brave Files. So, you guys, over the past year, I have really been focusing on how my mind my perception informs my life, my decision-making, the things around me. Whether we're talking about money mindset or happiness, gratitude, parenthood, it doesn't really matter. And today's guest has dedicated his life to helping others create conscious lives. 
Harry Sherwood has traveled the world living with yogis, monks, martial arts masters to inspire, provide insight, and teach people how to create lasting health and change in their lives. And I think that's really cool. Harry, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Super excited to be here uh, on Brave Files. I know that you have amazing guests, so I'm honored to be here. <laughs> well, thank you very much. You uh, have really an interesting story. And before we get into your work um, as a, a, well, what what do you call yourself, Sherry? I call you Sherry. <laughs> do you get that? Harry so Sherwood, do you I... get Sherry? <laughs> I, yes, from old buddies of mine, actually, uh, we were at a wedding a couple of days ago and one of my old friends called me Sherry and my, uh, my partner was just like, what? That's I've awesome. never heard someone say that. It was, it was quite fun. Well, I'm going to try not to do that again, uh, but it was kind of funny. So <laughs> All good. Harry, what do you technically call yourself? So we're holistic health and conscious lifestyle coaches. Okay. So before you got into that, what were you doing and what led you to this type of work? Yeah, I, so go <laughs> back to my question. high school days and I was your typical jock partier, chasing women, drinking a ton on the weekends. And, you know, on paper I had a good life and it was, I had fun with it. I'm not going to sit here and say that I didn't, but there was something inside of me that was suffocating, that was drowning in that lifestyle. It just, it wasn't me. And even though I fit into it really well, I can morph into situations. And so that, that inner voice, that inner calling just kept getting louder and louder. And graduated high school, went to community college for a couple of years, and I started meditating. And so I started to realize like, oh, this could be a part of the answer. This could be a part of kind of the next step for me. But so it wasn't enough. I'm an extremist you, by nature. Okay. When you were starting to meditate, how old were you? 19. Okay. That feels 18. surprisingly 18 young to me, particularly for a young man to go, I'm going to try this meditation thing. Right? Yeah. And it was, it was more my mom growing up. She took me to what many people consider woo-woo chiropractors. And Love it. Whatnot. Your mom and I can be The friends. alternative. Yes. Yes. The alternative <laughs> approach to things. Okay, and okay. I was introduced to it. So it was more when I finally started doing it on my own was around 18, 19. Gotcha. Um, yeah, but I had experienced it before, but I, you know, I was saying I'm an extremist and so that was great, but it wasn't enough. I needed a change of scenery, something much more intense. And I just, that feeling of suffocation hadn't left. In fact, it was just growing and growing and growing to the point where I felt like I didn't have a choice. It was either mm -hmm. answer this calling or drown in a life that is this Western life yeah. that just isn't meant for me. And so I finally said, okay. And I moved to China to study Tai Chi with the Shaolin monks. It's, it's, that's extreme. It's awesome, exactly, but it's definitely yes, extreme. Exactly. <laughs> And uh, I went there for four months and I was, um, it was Tai Chi and Qigong, a lot of energy, energy and motion, meditation and motion as they call it. Eight hours a day of training. It was actually, it was much more physical than what I was looking for. I, it was amazing. And it started my quest, my adventure. Okay. And then from there I moved into an ashram and I, that was back in the States. I moved back to Southern California and there was an ashram, which is like a yogic monastery where yogis and monks live mm -hmm. spend their time meditating and in service 
And I was there for about six months. And that's when like the, the magic started to happen. That's when I really, I found something that was the answer to what I was looking for and living with those monks and, and diving deep within myself and asking deep questions and the experience of spending hours a day in meditation and service and contemplation completely changed my life. It was what I needed. Was there it a was, moment? Was there like, is there one you recall like a light bulb where it all really came together or was it a slow process? It's a bit of both. I mean, there was a lot of little things, but there are a couple moments in time that pushed me to really do it. So I had been going to Self-Realization Fellowship, which was founded by a yogi that came from India in 1920 out here in Southern California. And I had been going there and that's where I learned meditation from. And there was one day that I went to, I mean, you could call it church, Sunday morning service. Sure. Um, and the monk was up there giving his, you know, talking about, um, I don't even know what he was talking about. I was hungover. I was so hungover <laughs> that I was still drunk over and I was miserable, but I went. And the, the only thing I remember about the entire thing was at one point during the speech, he looked directly at me and he said, but you're the only one who can ever change your life. You have to make the decision. And it was just a God shot. It was just one of those moments that just yeah. bore through my soul. And it was like, all right, like I, I have to do something. Wow. I have to get out of this because I was still partying and, but mm -hmm. starting to meditate and mm -hmm. I was tip my toes in the water and I was like, no, I gotta, I gotta dive head in. So that was one of the, I have a couple moments like that, but it was much more over time. The realizations sunk deeper and deeper and deeper. And then they started to change me. So this started with you understanding what it meant to have a conscious life, live, live a conscious lifestyle. And how did it transform into you building a business off of it? And what was the motivation behind that? I guess I'll just keep going on my story because it leads directly into that. All right, that. then. There you go. I, after the ashram, I transferred to the University of Michigan and I got a religious, uh, religious studies degree with an emphasis in consciousness studies. And I, I did really, not I, know that was a thing. It, it, <laughs> no and idea. it's not. It's not. And that's the, that's the funny part is because they didn't even have a religious studies program there. Wow. I had to create it, apply it to the board of LSNA. They okayed it. Then I was able to put together kind of, I just, everything in it was amazing. I got to travel abroad and that counted for it. I did classes like mind, brain, and spirituality, psych, psychology and spiritual development. It was truly an amazing time. Very atypical. And so that just, that kept pushing me down that road, came back to California, worked for a little while. Then I went back to the ashram for another five months and I was going to become a monk. I, I was going to be just, that was going to be my life for the rest of my life because I loved it so much. It changed my life. However, uh, I did not choose that. And the, the defining moment there was if it's all the same. And I reached my goal either way, which is higher states of consciousness, right. which is yoga means union in Sanskrit. It means union with higher self, with source. So that larger consciousness, if I can do that either way, I'd rather be in the world. I like being in the world. There's things I like about it. So I made that decision. And not long after that, I went back, I started teaching meditation, got back into sports performance coaching because I was coaching high school football before I ever left for China, Okay. Um, started doing nutrition coaching. And so I started, started getting back into everything. And then I met my partner, Melanie McDaniel, who had her own background, completely unique from mine. She comes from uh, the trauma world, PTSD, 
and mm-hmm. she'd gone through her own journey of healing. And so when we came together, we helped each other continue to evolve, continue to live a conscious life. And then we started utilizing that in our coaching. And that started, we started to see a lot of positive results there because her background, my background, it makes it so much more dynamic uh, mm-hmm. when we do approach a client and we do work together on most clients. And so we were, we started coaching and then we're like, Hey, we should make a business out of this. It's, it's who we are. It's our life. It's what we love to do. And we might as well throw a name behind it and start to, uh, to build a community. Let's put it out there. And how was it received when you first put it out there? You know, good for those who were in that space for, mm-hmm. we, we originally started off with the shoulds with the, Oh, you know what, if you're going to make a company, you need to, you know, have all the social medias, do the podcast, right. write the books, you know, all the shoulds become a professional speaker. <laughs> um, so we, we got lost in what we should do. Yeah. And in that, there was a part of it where we started. Uh, so we're plant-based nutrition coaches. And while we love the nutritional aspect of it, I'm more, I teach plant-based because it's a conscious thing to do because it's also animal welfare. It's environmental welfare. It's human welfare. It's not just about nutrition, but everyone just wanted to have the nutritional conversation. And so we, that was another should that we were doing when we first launched the meditation program. It was about getting rid of stress and anxiety, lowering your cortisol levels. It was the scientific approach. My background is much more in the esoteric or spiritual approach. And so while I totally believe in meeting someone where they are, we got a little caught up in trying too hard to meet people where they were Mm -hmm. instead of just being more authentically ourselves Mm -hmm. and then attracting those that come anyway. So that was a, uh, we did well. I mean, we immediately started getting clients from it and whatnot, but we also didn't do as well as, yeah, as well as we had thought. And then we're like, you know what, if we're not doing, you know, we're not getting the numbers we thought we would, then why are we doing it someone else's way? Right. Then what are we doing? And so we finally just completely did another makeover, probably like six, seven, eh, eight months ago. And then we put together our conscious lifestyle program, which is, uh, it's exactly what we've always wanted to offer. It's phenomenal. We have clients in it now who are doing extremely well. It's everything and it's our energy. It's, I believe that business is an extension of self. And we were, we had a mask on our business too. And we finally took that off. And now it feels just so much more natural. So what was that transformation like for you to, to really truly step up into your business from a very authentic standpoint was it hard? Um, it took a lot of soul searching. And it's funny because every level, I guess, of my deeper self that I've come across, there's the initial like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful and amazing. And it is. And, but there's so much, there's always more. The, you know, the soul searching, the self searching, yeah. whatever one wants to call it, it's, it's ever deepening. There so, is no bottom. No, that's true. You're right. What, what is a conscious lifestyle? What does that mean? So conscious lifestyle, it's, it really depends on what level you look at it. And it's a very long answer, but the short answer (laughs) is that you are aware everything we do has a ripple effect. 
And that ripple effect doesn't just affect us. It affects those around us. It affects the earth. It affects energy on so many levels. And a conscious lifestyle is learning what our heart tells us, what are our core values, who are we on a deeper level, and why do we believe that we are here? And then are we able to walk in alignment with that that is also benefiting the larger whole? If I am someone who truly loves animals, but I eat meat, that is a question to truly sit with. Mm. A lot of people don't like asking themselves that question. If I'm someone who genuinely believes in supporting others, do I interact with a nonprofit organization? Do I put my time in? Do I donate money? These, These questions that are uncomfortable because they push people out of the convenient mode. (laughs) And so a conscious lifestyle is, are you willing to sacrifice convenience for truth and for your truth and for living in alignment with yourself? I really love that, that idea of sort of calling yourself out and saying, is it worth getting uncomfortable or doing the hard thing or challenging yourself to live a life that's in alignment with who you are at the core, your morals, your standards? So Harry, what I want to know, I am so curious about your travels. I'd love to know a little bit about them and what are some of your favorite memories from those experiences? Mm. A snapshot of my travels is I spent the four months in Yuntai Shan at an international and cultural martial arts school studying Tai Chi. I've been to Ghana for a month and I uh, lived with one of the chiefs in the Ashanti kingdom and we studied their culture, their funeral culture, and their spiritual culture. I've been to in, uh, Indonesia traveling about actually facilitating a group of college students to study the westernization and globalization and how it's affecting their culture, which uh, the answer was quite sad to actually see in person what is happening. Right. And then um, the ashram was its own travel, even though that was somewhat local, a couple hours away from me. I spent about I've spent about a, off and on it a little over a year there, living with the monks and and meditating a, a bunch. And so to go into what my some great memories I've had wild things happen. I've had phenomenal <laughs> things happen. I, everything in between. I think one of the things that immediately comes to mind is actually one of my first days in China. It was hilarious. It was an international school. So there was people from all around Europe and as well as many Chinese. And this lady who is also in the Tai Chi area, there's only a few of us. She just talked my ear off for hours. But the thing she said right before we, I started my first lesson, she goes, oh, just wait. You're going to feel Harry Potter at your fingertips. <laughs> and awesome. I was just like, oh, Yes, that's what I want to do. That's what you've always wanted your whole life. Yeah, yeah, it was that magic. Um, that was fun. And then I've had really deep experiences, like at the ashram. Um, one that immediately comes to mind is uh, just going into deeper states of consciousness and feeling my sense of self start to merge with my surroundings and uh, mm-hmm. kind of lose lose myself, but also find a deeper sense of myself, feel my I. I saw the grass and the trees and the, the, and the sky in deeper hues of shades of colors than I've ever seen as if it, I hadn't seen them before type of thing. And um, just, That's really interesting. As if you hadn't seen them before. That's cool. 
Yeah, it's like someone took glasses off my eyes um, and I saw their life. I saw their energy. I saw that this isn't just something like the ground isn't just something I walk on. It is a living organism that has its own energy. It has its own heartbeat, so to say. Um, and I was connected with it. And it, that was just through meditation. I'm not talking about taking psychedelics or anything like that. Like this was <laughs> just through quieting my mind enough to tune in with, to tune in with the more subtle vibration. So absolutely phenomenal things like that have happened, states of love that um, I hadn't experienced before. I didn't know I could experience just for, right. so at the ashram, they, they kind of, they deif, uh, deify, I guess it would be the word, a lot of their like divine mother. And okay. so, you know, there was one meditation I was sitting in that and just like this overwhelming sense of love just was pouring through my being and my heart and for divine mother for this kind of esoteric idea but i was so connected to it that it was no longer an idea it was now something that was tangible that i could feel that was a truth that was magical that was adventurous it sounds crazy like it sounds amazing to me and i totally believe in all of this but it also sounds crazy it, yeah exactly <laughs> and it, it's it's hard to it's kind of one of those things where, I mean, how do you know this was actually happening? And the only thing, the only response someone ever gives is, I just know. <laughs> yeah. I just felt it. And yeah. it's very much, it's like, how do you, do you have an animal? Yeah. Do you love them? Yeah. It's like, well, how do you know? Right. Well, I, I just know. I just feel it. It's, it's the same thing. So, and, you know, great experiences like that. I mean, also, honestly, speaking about psychedelics, I've sat in a lot of plant medicine ceremonies with shamans who, I've, you know, trained through whatever lineage to guide spiritual journeys through plants, through whatever, you know, ayahuasca is something that is uh, mm -hmm. more people are talking about mm -hmm. um, mushrooms. And uh, those have been phenomenal experiences, some dark ones as well. Um, and then I've experienced, so I'm actually in Ghana. Oh my gosh, this is one of the wildest things I've ever been a part of. We... Do I have time to tell a five-minute story? Yeah, no, tell it. Bring okay, it. so my professor was like, hey, we've got a little extra time on the trip. Who wants to do, you know, what do people want to do? And someone said, oh, we want to see the natural healing of you know, the natives here. Uh, so he set it up, and as we're getting on the bus to go to this uh, two- to three-hour away village, he goes, oh, by the way, they're going to do a ceremony, and in the ceremony, people are going to be possessed. <laughs> wow. And I'm just like you know, the background music goes, and I'm just like, <laughs> what? And I look around and it's as if no one heard him or no one cared. I was the only one who was like, wait, what? Like, what, what did you just say? He goes, yeah, possessed. You know, the spirits will, will take over their bodies. And I don't know if no one believed him or what, but I was the only one who was like, what is about to happen? So we go and we show up. And the second we step off the bus, there's this line, this procession of people, and there's these drums, Ghanaian drums. They're really known for the drumming wow. in the background, just going deep and just kind of like that primal percussion that's going on in the background. And there's three people from covered from head to toe in just this white powder, and their eyes are bloodshot, and they're kind of just rocking their bodies, shaking up and down. And he's like, those are the ones who are possessed. So wait, what are you thinking and feeling as you see them? At that moment, I'm just kind of nothing. I'm just in this like state of presence of 
an observation. Yeah, just yeah. it's it's as if my mind didn't know what to think, so it just shut off. And so we go and we sit down, and they kind of all go into this room, and then the first one comes out, and they're dancing to the rhythm, and kind of does some wild stuff, and all of a sudden, it just hits the floor, and like kind of goes into a seizure. Whoa. And as as this is all happening, the professor is explaining that the this is how they communicate with their ancestors, and this is how they get guidance on times to plant crops, things to do with uh, within the political system of that tribe. And um, this is one of the ways they do it. And so they, they run out and they grab this guy and they take him back in. The second one comes out and he's got a machete in his hand and he's just swinging it all about. And I'm just, I'm just like, we're with 20 college students or 15 college students. And you can tell everyone's just anxiety is rising. Yeah, like, were you terrified? Or were I, you? I personally wasn't. I okay. was more like, uh, I hope everything goes well. But I know that other people in my group were terrified. And so there's, they're swinging it. He does some wild stuff, goes back in. And then the third one comes out. And this is when kind of everything kind of took a turn for the worse. Oh, my goodness. She comes out and she's shaking and she's dancing. And as she's coming up, this chicken runs in front of her. And she reaches down and she grabs the chicken and she bites its head off in front of everyone. And blood just squirts across the front row of students. And the closest woman or girl in my group was a vegan. And she just went pale white, just went into shock almost. And so like blood splattered, landed on one of my friends, like right next to his eyeball and this was when my professor was like, um, I think we should uh, start to get out of here. And on our way out, someone else started throwing up from just being overwhelmed with things. And so we have one girl, like pale white in shock, one girl throwing up, and we're just like trying to get out of there. The, the entire thing's going to go on for the next 12 hours. So it's by no means stopping because we're leaving. And it was just wild. It was wild. And it was one of those experiences where it was like, I'm glad that I experienced this extremely different way of life, but would I do it again? Probably not. Wow. Whole, I was so not prepared. I was so not prepared for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now I have to put a little disclaimer. There's a little violence in this episode. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, no. It's really, really interesting. Okay. But so what happens after that when you get back on the bus with your professor, what's the processing that happens? Yeah, you really have to unpack something like that. And fortunately, um, well, unfortunately, the one who went pale white was actually, she was the one who was assistant to the professor and was meant (laughs) to help unpack that. So there was a few of us who had, you know, uh, more or less some training or a lot of experience with dialogue and with unpacking things, which is actually the reason why I was hired to do that same position the next year in Indonesia. So we did, and we were able to kind of go into that and how people were feeling and make sure they had a space to feel the way they felt, uh, but also gaining perspective on it. While my professor did ex- you know, explain some stuff to us, diving into just this cultural experience yeah. of another way of life and understanding that this is their practice and it is something that they, they gain a lot from, and it's been mm-hmm. around for hundreds and hundreds of years. Uh, so it gave us a new perspective to life. You know, yeah. it wasn't necessarily just like, oh, that was wild. It was like, wow, that was fascinating. That was something that I didn't know existed until I experienced this. And I'm, I'm honored to have been allowed to experience that because usually outsiders are not. So yeah, it, it was it was pretty phenomenal. I mean, it is 
It is interesting and impressive in as much as teaching us to honor and respect everybody else's journey or, or path, right? Like not to stand in judgment of it because you're a vegan or because it's frightening to you, but to just to sort of give them that space and learn from it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it does get into the conversation of cultural relativism, meaning Mm. that, you know, is just because a culture is different, is it relative how we treat people, humans, men, women, animals. And so that does, it does bring up some stuff. This story, I haven't gotten into that conversation, but there, you know, there are a lot of people who argue about women's rights in different cultures. And do you respect the culture and there that's been around for hundreds Mm. of thousands of years? Or do you respect the humanity of that woman and her own rights? And, you know, what are the rights and what is it a country who chooses that? Or so there is, there's a larger conversation to be had Absolutely. This one, I have never, I've never had one on it, but yes, absolutely. And that is something that we had to uh, talk about a lot during a few of the trips I've been on. And there may be space for sort of all of that to happen at the same time as well. I mean, we've had some people on the show before that do a lot of work, particularly with women in Ghana of of all places um, and helping them find a position of empowerment and to sort of rise up and not accept the social norm. Mm. So I think there might be space for that. And still honoring maybe religious traditions or cultural traditions and and how can that be balanced? And of course, it isn't really for us to say, although I do think as humanitarians, we should stand up for human rights. Uh, I'll just throw that out there. But yeah. <laughs> there you go. I like it. That is that is interesting. Wow. Thank you for sharing that with us. I'm like trying to get myself back on track. <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of off the beaten track yeah. there. But That's it was okay. I um, like it. I like it. It. it, it what all this, I mean, in the end, telling all those stories, it gave me perspective. Yeah. And uh, I understand so much more about myself from traveling and from not just traveling in the, you know, yeah, I traveled and I stayed in some nice hotel for a week and I just enjoyed my surroundings. While there, there's value in that, this was much more, I lived in the culture, I studied their yeah. spiritual cultures and the artistry and whatnot. And it, it helped me grow as an individual. There are so many gifts in travel. I've said that before on on the show. Um, obviously, when you're completely immersed in a culture, that's an even different experience. But just traveling outside of your home community and learning what other people experience and trying to get outside of yourself, there's just so much. Talk about consciousness, right? And recognizing that we often live our lives with these blinders on um, with very little knowledge of what's happening around us. And I appreciate that you're moving past that and helping other people move past that. If you were to give our listeners one piece of advice on how to begin a journey towards a conscious lifestyle, what would it be? Hmm. Find, find you find what works for you. Everyone talks about what's right and what's wrong. I don't believe in that. I believe in what's right and what's wrong for you. What does that mean? So, you know, there's the right way to run a business. There's the right way to be spiritual. There's the right way to find yourself. There's the right way to live a purposeful life or not. Right. You know, there's, there's the, there's a right way for you. Yeah. And a lot of people fall into the personal development trap, which is, you know, whether they go to some Tony Robbins seminar or whatever it is. And they're, these seminars are great. They break you out of your shell. There are a lot Mm -hmm. of breakthroughs. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. 
But then we come home two, three weeks later and we start to lose that steam. And it's like, what happened in that breakthrough? And there's different reasons for it. But one of the reasons is because while it was a breakthrough, was it fully you? Was it your energy or was it a hyper-masculine energy that you were just falling into because that was the energy of that space? Around you, yeah. So be comfortable in who you are, but you have to learn who you are first. And so asking the questions, finding out, well, who am I when the lights are off? Who am I at my core? What do I stand by? If I have, you know, what are my my unbreakable values? What will I not do no matter what? And what would I like to start doing more of really unpack who you are because when you find it's what we call the true north at consciously when you find your true north in life because it might be different than mine then you can start to understand well how do i build a lifestyle around this and how do i support people in this way and sometimes that takes a while sometimes you have to do the wrong thing in order to realize that it's just something you don't want to do absolutely and that's a that's a part of the journey yeah and so it that that would be my advice is is Find out who you are and what you love first. Yeah, I think that's great, great advice. I hope everybody is doing that. Certainly, I try to bring that into the work that I do and the in the coaching. I always say there's only one rule that there are no rules. You don't have to do it because it's mm. always been done. You don't have to do it because somebody else wants you to. You're in charge. So I love that. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Harry, how do you stop and honor the successful moments and celebrate? How do you celebrate? Mm. Good question. Uh, you know, I think honestly, in that moment, that is just being present. I uh, yeah. am a huge proponent of presence practice and, and just being there for life. So often we're caught in the past, the future, which caused stress, anxiety, sadness, depression, all these things. And while I don't actually believe those things are negative, I think they're just natural feelings. They often come from the mind jumping ahead or going back. Yeah. And if I'm just present, with this moment, this moment is completely magical all on its own. And the more I'm in the moment, the more I honor the moments that have come and that are yet to come. It's, yeah. it's its own inclusive process. So the more that I don't feel lack when I'm not at the top of the mountain or the more I, I feel whole, even though I'm in the deepest ditch, I'm honoring my entire journey in that moment. So it's really a, a practice of presence for me that, that brings the honor to what I do. I love that. I actually, um, last winter, I had the words be here now tattooed on my inner wrist. Mm, Uh, Yeah, right. As a visual reminder for me to stop and stay here. Uh, And it's been interesting. My my mom is super anti-tattoo and she goes, (laughs) why would you spend, I think it's a giant waste of money. Why would you do that? And then she saw it and she's like, you know what? I kind of like that. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks. And I get people notice it. I, I don't notice it as much. It still does what I need it to do. Cause when I need it, when I need to notice it, I do, but you get used to the things on your body in a way and they just become as is, but people will grab my wrist all the time and say, what does this mean? And it's fun to have a, an opportunity to tell them what it means to me and why it's valuable to me. And just what you said about staying right here uh, instead of moving around into all of the other places our mind can go. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that with us. Absolutely. It's a beautiful practice. And I I love that you got a tattoo. That's cool. (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with it. So as we get ready to close the episode, um, I'd love for you to let us know sort of 
how we can reach out to you. And again, consciously, um, other than get to know you, like one little thing, is it a moment of quiet? Is it a moment of gratitude? Um, Just a little tip to take away and then how people can reach out to you. Mm. So the tip to take away um, is my favorite quote. And I've kind of adapted this from another quote, uh, but it's you are the one that you've been waiting for. Yeah. Often we, we wait for Superman or Superwoman to come into our life and to guide us to our you know, top of the mountain, but it's you. You're the one you've been waiting for. If you want to change your life, do it. Do it. You have permission. Give yourself <laughs> yes. permission to be the person you want to be. I have that conversation with clients all the time. You don't need my permission, but if you want it, you've got it. Go ahead. Yeah. Do whatever you want. I would honestly say that 80 plus percent of the clients that we have, that is a part of the conversation is they just need to give themselves permission or they need permission to not have to be stressed, to Mm -hmm. not wear stress as a badge of honor, to dive deep spiritually, to follow that inner voice. It's okay. Like you can do it. It's your life. And just that permission is, is so big. It is. Yeah. How can people reach you? Uh, consciously.org. There's the contact us page. We directly respond to that at the, on that page. There's a booking link to my booking link to my partner's booking link. We do free 30 minute consultations. If you just want to take that time to talk and get to know each other, beautiful. Sounds great. Uh, we do love connecting with people, even if it's just, Hey, heard you on the brave files. Just wanted to reach out or whatever it is. We, we just love connecting. I love that you say that because that's, that's what I say whenever I'm a guest on somebody's show is there's a link on my face, on my website, my Facebook page to just talk to me. And that's cool. I love to talk to people. I love to connect. So I love that you do that. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's great. And you know that it's great. And it's when you find someone who's of a like energy or like mind, uh, it's really, it's powerful and it's worth creating, if nothing else, a conversation of something more a relationship out of it. Yeah, absolutely. So as we come to the close of the show, I get to ask my favorite question every week. And that is, what is your favorite charitable organization to support? So mine is called One Life Fully Lived. And it's an organization based out of Sacramento, California. uh, But they do kind of have a large reach out. And what they do is they go in and they help inner city youth to create a dream. And they call it Learn It, Plan It, Live It. So what is your dream? They give them permission to have a dream. A lot of these kids have never had that permission. Uh, Then they start to plan it out. They have a full day called Dare to Dream seminar where they go in and they have them start to plan out their dream. And then they give them tools to be able to start walking that and living that. Um, And they have these kids, some of them get mentors, some of them come back to the seminars that they do and whatever or not. But it's called One Life Fully Lived. Um, and it's absolutely amazing. Very cool. My buddy, uh, my buddy Tim runs it, and he is a phenomenal human being. That is awesome. You guys, I ask this every week, but go check them out. Uh, find their Facebook page. Find their website. The links are all in our show notes. And if you have something to give, whether that's time or money or resources or connection, please do that because we are working together to build a healthier, happier, a more conscious community um, and world of people. Harry, would you share your three words with us one last time? Yes. So belief, magic, and adventure. And the reason I chose those because it was my belief in magic that made my life adventurous. 
Nice. I like that very much. It sounds like you have had quite an adventurous life and you've tapped into your inner Harry Potter, which is pretty cool. And also <laughs> yes. your inner Sherry. We know she's in there somewhere. Yes. Yes. Oh, I've got plenty of the feminine energy going on. <laughs> I've, no, I've meant no insult in that in any way, shape or form. I love it. I'm just going back to my little verbal slip there earlier. Harry, I loved having you on the reminder um, to get to know ourselves and to honor that and to put that out into the world in a really intentional and conscious way is such a gift. And I appreciate you sharing that with me and all of my listeners. Well, I appreciate you having me on. And it's it's shows like this that raise the consciousness and the energy of the world, which we're in dire need right now. So I honor you for having created this because it, it makes a ripple effect and it does beget change. And that's, that's powerful. It's really powerful work you're doing. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. All right, everybody, that's all we have this week. I love having you on this journey with me. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever it is you listen to podcasts and share it with people so we can continue to enlarge this community and this awareness and this consciousness um, of our lives and, and being together as a as a human body of people. I am here as always to remind you to choose bravely. See you next week. You've been listening to The Brave Files, stories of people living courageously. Visit us at thebravefilespodcast.com to learn more about the show, find our show notes, and access full episode transcripts. And we'd love to know what you think of the show. We invite you to connect with us via Instagram and send a DM. You'll find us at The Brave Files Podcast on Instagram. Our music was created and produced in a custom collaboration with Matt Lewis from ML Creative Consulting a boutique firm dedicated to helping clients identify their unique sound and amplify their brand with custom-delivered soundtracks. Special thanks to everyone on Team Brave, from our audio engineer to our producers, associate producers, copy editors, writers, and support team. The show wouldn't exist without them, and we are eternally grateful. I'm your host and executive producer, Heather Vickery. Thanks for tuning in.